popular. Popularity is the slutty little cousin of prestige, my friend. Yes. As in food food? <laughs> Sorry, I was working on my French. Hello! No. Well, I was just doing a, oh, another, another mic, mic test. I know what? No. We can. <laughs> <laughs> there's your explicit tag. There's your explicit tag. Good morning or afternoon or night, whenever you're listening, listening to, this, to this, everybody. It is 9, 12 a.m. on a Sunday when we're recording this. Yay! We are going to be coming to the end of our Sunday morning recording. It's not like we're done with the podcast, but Sundays are we now that we're coming. Food. Well, we're coming into summer. We're not going to be as available on Sunday mornings anymore to record That's our true. episodes. So they'll be at different points during the week now instead. So welcome, everybody, to our third episode. Hello. Yeah, Colin's here too. Yeah. <laughs> so, welcome to the Top Shelf Best Oscar Best Oscar's uh, Best Picture. Oscar's Best Picture podcast. Yes. Yay. Yay. Um this is the 2014 winner, meaning yes. it was released. This film that one was released in 2014. That's how we're doing it now. So, this is the 2014 winner. Spotlight was the 2015 winner. Moonlight was the 2016 winner. Okay. So. 2014 winner. Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, directed um, by Alejandro González Iñárritu. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I just really like to say his name a lot. Written by... There's like seven... There, ro- no, I think it was four or five. It's five. Five. It's five writers. Um, and starring Michael Keaton, Edward Norton, Emma Stone, Naomi Watts... Zach Galifianakis. Zach Galifianakis. I was getting there. Yeah. And Amy Ryan are the big notable names yes. in this movie that you'll yeah. just know from you know looking at them kind of thing. So, Birdman. This is going to be an interesting episode because this was a very odd, odd choice to win if you look at what else was nominated that year. That's true. Which we did. So it includes things like Selma, American Sniper... Boyhood. Then you've also got stuff. You've got Birdman, mm-hmm. and you've got Grand Budapest Hotel, and The Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. So it's almost like total Oscar bait movies and underdog movies. Like yeah. the fact that Grand Budapest Hotel, which we as a unit love Wes Anderson, so we have seen and mm-hmm. own like almost every Wes Anderson movie. Mm-hmm. And sorry, the cat's awake now, and now she's <laughs> calling at the door to come in, and she can't. So it. To me, it's really interesting that this film won. And we were almost a little conflicted about it after it won because we saw it almost right before the Oscars. Just before. Like December or January because it was hard to not find to me, it. Not to me, though. Um, but you think about think what probably would have won. Probably should have won, yeah. Is Boyhood or Selma. Selma. I would more lean towards But I Selma, think that Selma didn't this. win because 12 Years a Slave like is one... last year's winner, or is the year before the winner. So, I know that we normally talk about what the movie's about first. So, can I do the summary? Yeah, go ahead. So, it's about a sort of washed up actor who is well known for playing a comic book superhero in films named Birdman. And he's decided to take on an adaptation of a Raymond Carver play, and he has written it, directed it, and starring in it himself. 
producing. And producing. What did I say? No, you left out producing. Oh, I'm producing. He is also producing it. Okay, I thought I like said something instead of producing. And it's basically a whole is are these delusions of him with the superpowers real? And then it's about his relationships with the people around him, including his daughter, Edward Norton's character, his new girlfriend, his ex-wife, and and Zach Galifianakis' yeah. character. Well, Who's never sure is it his like it's his lawyer, his, age, his lawyer or his yeah. agent or something like that. Kind of okay. We, little column A, little go, That's one of our favorite things to say, you're going to learn. Because I asked at one point in the movie, because there's a scene where Edward Norton is standing with his back against some lockers and Michael Keaton's staying like directly in front of him. And I go, is Edward Norton really tall or is uh, Michael Keaton of average height? And Colin goes, little column A, little, little column A. We say that a lot. Yeah. So I personally really liked this movie. I love this movie. And it's interesting that you say that. Because I know you're gonna say like I went back and you I went back and forth because it was an interesting. It's we an watched interesting it film. too close together because we and saw think, it right before the Oscars, and then the Oscars were on that Sunday. That movie got released on Blu-ray like Tuesday, the, so like, like the next day, mm-hmm. and we watched it like that night. So we saw it in relatively quick succession, and no, it is not a movie. That you should necessarily watch that close together right out. Well, you shouldn't watch it for the first time and then see it again like right away. It kind of ruins some of the magic of it. And that's what happened. This I is, think that's what happened. This is classified as a comedy drama romance film, according to IMDb. That I can see that. 7.8 out of 10 and an 88 Metascore. Nice. I'm going to still do those. I've forgotten for the last couple, but that's going to be my no, plan. I think that's good. Sorry, um, I'm a little snuffly. It's allergy season. I apologize in advance. There won't be... Well, there might be yawning today. I'm kind of tired. Ooh. Ooh. Yawning. Um, yeah, I just... I really... The one big thing, and this kind of stays with it throughout the entire... It's a one-shot. Or it's made to look like it is a one-shot. The movie was rehearsed and shot in sequence, so the editing process only took two weeks to mm-hmm. edit the whole movie, and there are only 16 visible cuts in the entire film. And it's two hours just shy, literally a minute shy of two hours. Yeah. That's the only IMDb crap I'm going to worry about right now. And that's what's so beautiful cinematically about this movie. Yes. It just, it it keeps you moving. Because, mm-hmm. like, you sit there for the first ten minutes, like, okay, this is just going to be, like, a one shot. That's cool. And then they start going throughout the entire movie. It's like, oh, this, this is happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is really awesome. So, ticket in the column of... Why this one best picture? Yeah. The cinematography and the fact that it looks like one continuous take. Mm-hmm. Also, so Emma Stone won Best Actress for La La Land this past year. And she was also nominated for Birdman. Mm-hmm. And when we were watching it, I feel that she deserved to win it for Birdman more than La La Land. This is a more complex role that she played than mm-hmm. she did in La La Land. And I don't want to keep going back to the La La Land pool and arguing why it should have won or shouldn't have won and why it was better that Moonlight won and all that crap because we're moving away from it. But I think she did deserve to win for this as opposed to La La Land. Yeah. But In who, a way. Who was she up against? I felt like she was I up. don't know. Let's take a peek. 
Felt like she was actually up against. I'm gonna put my can on the stand, so I apologize if you hear. We put our microphone on a music stand. <laughs> I'm a music teacher, so we yeah. have that kind of crap in the house. Um, but as you're looking that up, I'll I guess yeah, I'll go talk ahead. a little bit. Most of this, well, it's an ensemble film, yeah, so for most sure. of the, most of the cast is, is really has a really good dynamic, and um, most of the people were actually nominated in this film. Um, Michael Keaton was nominated for. Lead actor. I'm gonna, Edward I'm gonna Norton. look this up yeah. just to verify. Edward Norton was uh, nominated for Best Supporting. Uh, Emma Stone was also nominated. I don't know if she was Best Lead or Best Supporting. Um, Julianne won more for Still... Yeah. Julianne Moore won for Still Alice. Eddie Redmayne won for Theory of Everything, which he should have. Yeah. Because I loved that movie. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, this one, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Film. Yeah. So who was Emma Stone up against? Let's look. Ah! Sorry, it, like, reloaded on me and I didn't want it to. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, so... Nope, this just took me to Julianne Moore. That's not what I wanted. Nope. Sorry, everybody. Best Actress Nominees. 1963. No. Whoops. 2015. Well, while you're still looking. It's the 14 movies from 14. It was the 15th anniversary. Yeah. Okay, it was Felicity Jones for Theory of Everything, Marion Cotillard for Two Days, One Night, Reese Witherspoon for Wild, Julianne Moore for... Oh, no, she wasn't nominated for Best Actress for this. She was not. Nope. Rosamund Pike, Julianne Moore, Reese Witherspoon, Marion Cotillard, and Felicity Jones. But I was saying Best Supporting. I'm pretty sure she was nominated for Best Supporting. Sorry. And, you know, I was hoping this would be a more on top of it episode. <laughs> yeah, that's not. Right. Yes, correct. She was supporting. Okay. And Patricia Arquette won for Boyhood. That makes sense. Kira Knightley was nominated for Imitation Game. Laura Dern was nominated for Wild, Mara Streep for Into the Woods, and then Emma Stone for Birdman. Okay. Okay. So, okay. I rescind my argument to some extent. <laughs> All right. Because we haven't seen, we've seen a lot of the movies that were nominated this year. We have not seen American Sniper, Selma, or Boyhood. We saw everything else. Mm-hmm. Now, because this movie is relatively new, I don't feel like we need to do a blow by blow of what happens. No. And I feel like it was relatively widely seen by people. Like, people yeah. knew about this movie. It wasn't like last week where it's like, what is Spotlight? I have yeah. not heard of this movie. Yeah. Birdman was kind of a big deal, and the fact that it won as, I get, I get a little irritated when people call it a superhero movie, because it's not. It kind of is, but it kind of isn't. It's mostly not. Yeah. There's aspects of it due to the storyline of the character, but it's not a superhero movie. And I would it's agree. not a comic book movie. There is no Birdman comic to my no, knowledge. No, no. Well, there is. There is a Birdman. Not. But not in the vein in which not it's in the presented vein that in the, it's the film. Presented. It's not like it's a. It's not like it was called Hawkeye or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. I mean, it's like I've been kind of following this movie since it. It was actually yes, brought up. You, like, you were the, the one. Production. You were the impetus for us going to see this movie. <laughs> because it's like I heard about it, and I thought it was like I thought it was just going to be a basic comedy. But then I actually yeah. saw the trailer for this film, and it was I was very confused, but also very intrigued. 
I feel like these episodes are sometimes going to be more let's talk about the movie, and sometimes I think they're going to be more about let's talk about what was going on in movies and why this may be one over some of the others. Because of those movies on the list, like I said, there's three of them that are kind of in my mind, and again, we are amateurs just having a discussion. I have had, Mm -hmm. I took intro to film, which I failed in college because I stopped going to class. Don't ask. It was a weird time in my life. So anyway, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, I feel that Selma. I feel like anytime it's a historical topic, regardless of what it's about, is Oscar bait. Boyhood was Oscar bait because of how it was filmed. Mm-hmm. The fact that it took that long and all that stuff. Not to say it's a bad film. We just have not gotten around to seeing it. No, like we're actively avoiding it. But we just haven't seen no. it. And then. American Sniper, which I have not seen, will probably not see, not really my jam. Yeah. Kind of a touchy subject, Mm -hmm. I feel like that one was. And then you've got Grand Budapest Hotel, which we saw. Loved that movie. Mm -hmm. Did it deserve to win Best Picture? Mm, I don't see how it's any better than Moonrise Kingdom. I don't see how it's any better. It's good, but it's not better than Royal Tenenbaums. It's not better than Life Aquatic. It's not better than Moonrise Kingdom. That's true. I feel like those movies are all good films. Yeah. Theory of Everything. Again, kind of a historical Oscar... I guess you could put Theory of Everything in the Oscar bait category. And actually, Imitation Game wasn't nominated, was it? Yes, it was. Okay, Imitation Game. Those two. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think it was. I'm I don't remember sure it reading was. it on the list. Anyway, Theory of Everything. Historical-ish. Oscar baity ish Yeah. Great movie. I love that movie. When we mm-hmm. first saw it, I think I watched it like four times after we watched it because it was, it was that good to me. Eddie Redmayne is just, he's, he's phenomenal in he that movie. He looks and sounds like Stephen Hawking. It's impressive. It's imp- I mean, Stephen Hawking himself was impressed with it and that's yeah. saying something right there. I think I bought A Brief History of Time after watching that yeah. movie. Like, that was kind of a big deal to me. Yeah. Hold on, I'm I'm okay. finding the finding the list. Thankfully, they always put the yeah. Do 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 do. Nope, this Wikipedia article is being stupid. Boyhood, Grand Budapest. Oh yeah, sorry. Imitation Game, The Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. Mm-hmm. Whiplash is the movie that I will argue that maybe should have won. And it's interesting because yeah. it's the same director that did La La Land. Like, but I don't think Whiplash was, like, as guaranteed this is going to win. Because I feel like, wasn't it, like, a, almost a shock that J.K. Simmons won? Not necessarily. Because okay. it's, like, I've seen, like, I've, I know the characters, like, who else was actually yeah. nominated. And you look at J.K. Simmons' performance in that film, oh and he completely deserved it. It's like, the reason I'll argue that I feel like Whiplash should have won, and this is, again, just my personal opinion... Mm-hmm. Whiplash has stuck with me more than Birdman has. Like, I somewhat, and it might be, and I will make the argument that I'm a music teacher. And I went, Colin and I both went to college. Yeah. Uh, and I actually went to college for music. Colin was invo- involved in the music program, but he was yeah. not, he didn't get his degree in music. So that movie, I think, maybe hit us a little harder just because we've experienced not to that I'm, severity, but yeah, we've experienced stuff like that. But I've been like in that. situations like that, sure. <sighs> oh, okay. It's a yeah. tough call. J.K. Simmons, 
Robert Duvall, Ethan Hawke, Edward Norton, and Mark Ruffalo for yeah. Foxcatcher. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was actually the movie. No, I think it was actually Spotlight. Um, every time they would pan over Mark Ruffalo, uh, he would jock-nod the camera and wink. <laughs> Who doesn't love Mark Ruffalo? Wisconsin natives and so national great. treasure. It was so great. Um, I, I almost have to disagree. Mm-hmm. Just and because I feel like for. I know this, this film does... This it, film caught shit for winning, I feel like. Didn't it? Because everyone's like, hey, that comic book movie. Oh. I don't think so. Should we talk about the gimmick aspect? Sure. And how gimmicky movies or movies that are different oftentimes win just for the sake of that they are different? Yes. Like Oscar loves, uh, I don't know. Like, because I, th- I remember having a discussion with someone around the time that it came out. And I'm saying that this is only winning because it's weird. And in three years, we won't remember this movie winning. Mm-hmm. And I, I can kind of see where that argument comes from because there are movies we will get to that it's like, oh yeah, this was like a huge deal and now we don't remember it winning. Did Titanic win Best Picture? I think so. Okay, I don't remember. I don't remember. But... You you talk while I look. Okay, um, I disagree. Just like, this is kind of an art house film, in a way. Yes, because we had to go to the art artsy theaters out of town to go see it. It was yeah. not at our local yeah. Megaplex. No. <sighs> what do I want to say for this? I think the reason why I enjoy it so much is it because it's, it's almost reflective of cinema and stage performance itself. In the sense that, um, you know, there is this, there is this stigma, stigma between people on stage and people in film. And you get two different actors' performances between those two. And that actually plays along in the film. And that message comes across. It's like, it doesn't necessarily matter. It's still, you're, it doesn't matter what performance you're giving. If it's a good enough performance, it yes. should be enjoyed. And Edward Norton is great in most things mm-hmm. I've seen I have not seen everything he's done I haven't no but I've seen a lot of his stuff and I really like it like mm-hmm. Death to Smoochie is one of oh, my favorite yeah. of his movies that's a good movie directed by Danny DeVito yeah one. really really hard to find like not in print anymore not streaming anywhere like I de- thought it was mm-hmm. streaming somewhere it's not no because no, it's one of those it's one of those movies like Drop Dead Gorgeous where it right. didn't do very well, but it's kind of a cult classic, but you can't find it anywhere. Kind That's of thing. true. We still haven't watched Drop Dead Gorgeous. I bought that movie like in September for us to watch, and we still haven't watched it. Anyway. I like that movie. It's I funny. know. I know. We're allowed to go off topic a little bit. We're still talking about Just movies. A little it's not bit. like, I bought that box of cereal and we haven't even opened it yet. You know that French toast crunch that's sitting in the. Pantry. You, did you say I love that French. Like, oh, no, it's still okay. there. Jeez. <laughs> As we talk about Birdman, relationship. Unexpected. What did I call Birdman, it? unexpected virtue. What did I say during the movie? Oh, we made cinnamon rolls for breakfast while we were watching the movie. And yeah. we made cinnamon rolls or the unexpected virtue of breakfast. <laughs> I'm hilarious, uh, obviously. 
but I think it's a ref- this movie is reflective of what of that stage to film adaptation and mm-hmm. then the adaptation of individual versus uh social media presence I, that is true because you it there's there's an interesting thread throughout the movie so the mean reviewer lady tabitha dickinson mm-hmm. says you know you're it just starts ragging on movies and how they're not as good as the theater and then riggins is talking to his daughter about how or no emma stone his daughter like let's sam. lose sam let's loose on him about how you don't exist, you don't matter because you're ignoring this section of the world that's so important, blah, 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 blah. It's just that interesting, like... It all I don't think social media is important. No, social media is important. Film is not as important as theater. And it all blah, brings... Blah, 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 blah. It actually all brings it back. That whole message between all of that, it actually just brings it back to self. Yes. That, um, you know, that you matter in some way. Right. Doesn't matter it what it is. It might not be in every world, like because he's trying to matter in both the theater and film worlds, and you can't always do that. You can't always, as well as his family relationship and dynamic. Yes. Where he's trying to matter himself as a person, but mm-hmm. he's also trying to be a father. So there is a lot more deep stuff within the narrative as opposed to mm-hmm. Whiplash, which is not. No. But I argue that you said that. Birdman is an art house film. Yeah. I think Whiplash is too. Whiplash wasn't like a wide release thing. No. And I'm not saying that like, not, it makes it I a say, better movie. When I but... say art house film, I mean they go with the dynamic of, and it's a very basic thing, um, thematic thing in film where it's um, show, don't tell. And it's a lot of just showing emotion, showing what's going on in the scene, but not... T- giving you a full answer on what it is and leaving it to the audience that this is interpretation of what's happening. Colin actually finished his film class in college, <laughs> unlike me. I did um, actually very well. He did do very well in, in film classes. Uh, um, so that was actually a good segue into should we talk about the ending? I kind of want to talk about the we ending. We need to talk about the ending. We kind of so, need to talk about the Okay, ending. so I guess I'll put a spoiler alert in here. Turn away now if you don't I'll know put, what happens at the end of the movie. I'll put a spoiler warning on, on when we the did, description of this movie. It'll be harder film. with this one because when we did the AFI list, we did it from, you know, 100 to 1, but they were years, the years were all, you know, separated, jumbled in. Um, so we used to have a rule that if it was in, with it, if the movie had been released over 10 years ago, it was out of spoiler range because mm-hmm. with these films, it's going to take us till 2007 to not have quote unquote spoilers. We will, I guess, put a spoiler thing in the description for this one. Yeah. So the end of the film, towards the end of the film, Riggins goes on stage and you see this last scene of the play repeated like in the rehearsal multiple times times. like criticisms about like certain things yeah and it changes every time a little bit Mm -hmm. the first times when you see edward norton and his uh yeah that's an (laughs) you want to just yeah watch that for yourself um because i don't want to be too inappropriate on the podcast but and then there's the one where he gets locked out of the theater and he comes in in his underwear with his wig on and no gun well, it's also an interesting because you watch Michael Keaton's performance as it goes. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time you see it, it's like, it's very kind of a stagey, yeah. kind of choppy kind yeah. of thing. But as he progresses, you can see his performance get better and better Correct. each time. Okay, but back to the ending. Yeah. So the last version of the last scene, which is on opening night, 
Regans shoots his nose off. Shoots himself in the face and shoots his tries nose off. Tries to kill, kill himself. himself. Oh, well. Well, it, it's an interesting... I don't know if he was actually trying to kill himself no, or No, here's the thing, himself. because okay. Edward Norton actually makes the mention to um, the gun that he's using. He can tell it's yeah, a fake yeah, gun. Yes. So then, towards the end of the film, he pulls out a gun. He actually shows it, like, yeah. this is a full... There's a full mm-hmm. clip. There's actually one in the chamber. There's, yeah. Um, he pulls it out. That. And then it's one of the stage hands is carrying the alternate wig. That's right, that's right, that's with, right. It's a really quick thing. Yeah. I didn't pick I for, up on it I the first time. I did notice it. I noticed it the first time. Yeah. I had forgotten about it subsequent viewings. Um, so, with the... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a fake thing. doesn't have the blood packs and all that stuff. The, the wig doesn't. Mm-hmm. So... He shoots himself in the face, blows his nose off. So we cut to, and we yeah, the audience starts clapping and cheering, and then it cuts to black, and you kind of think that oh god, is that the end of the movie? And then it fades back in. I think that's one of the cuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, fades back into the hospital, and Zach Galifianakis and Amy Ryan's characters are both in the room talking to him. And it pans over to Reagan's, and he's got this, and this is important. He, the way they have his face taped up with this. You know, the plastic surgery. His eyes yeah. are covered and his nose are co- is covered. And it's very reminiscent of the Birdman mask that you see, the hallucination or what have you, wear throughout the film. And then they cut and he's talking and, you know, he's obviously okay. Like, they just, they rebuilt his nose. Everything's fine. Then they leave and his and Sam comes in and she's bringing lilacs. And then there's this very touching moment between... Because the, the, oh, the film them. opens with her trying to find flowers for him and like not listening to him and like just like yeah, I didn't whatever. Even pick up and on then that. she brings him ones that he definitely he you know likes for at the end of the movie and they have a touching moment and she leaves to go find a vase for the flowers. He goes into the bathroom and untapes his face and you can see his new nose and everything's all bruised up. But overall, he looks okay. Yeah. Then you see the Birdman hallucination on the toilet, and the Birdman hallucination tells him to go fuck himself. I don't know if you catch that. He's muttering. I don't know if it's him or... No, it, it's the Birdman who it the... says it to him. It's okay. not Michael Keaton who says it. And let's, at least that's what I think. We just watched it, so I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. Because it's that voice. It's not Michael Keaton's voice. Okay. And, or Reagan's. It, it, it's not Reagan's voice. Let me rephrase that. Yeah. So then you see him walk to the window and jump out. Essentially, and then Emma Stone comes in and she's go looks around, starts calling for her dad. And interestingly, and this will go into our discussion of the ending, you hear sirens. Granted, they're in the hospital, so there will be sirens around. There's I mean, always going to be a sirens. Hospital, there's always sirens. And then you see her look down. Then you see her look up, and she's either like shot or she's starting to smile and the way her Emma Stone's eyes are you can't tell is she tearing up or is that just her eyes the way they look when she looks up then it cuts to black you hear her laugh and then the credits roll yeah and there's been lots of discussion about what happens at the end of the, what is the ending what happened to Reagan what happened mm-hmm. like what is she seeing is she seeing anything is it just a reaction mm-hmm so, I'm going to say my initial reaction when we first saw the movie in theaters mm-hmm. was, because I'm the eternal optimist, and I like a happy ending, that all the hallucinations of him and the superpowers and stuff actually were real, and she's looking at him flying. But then, as I watched it and have discussed it further, I, that is not the ending I mm-hmm. believe has happened. Especially yeah. because, as Colin pointed out to me earlier in the film, 
there's that sequence where after he wakes up when he goes on his bender. Yeah. And he's flying. I use there's, that with the there's several, like, yeah, there's several like, instances. Yeah, the cab driver like comes in and so, yells at him for not paying him for the ride. But in the film, it looks like he just lands in front of the thing. Lands in front yeah. of the theater. So then there's like that aspect seems a little yeah. strange. Mm-hmm. Suspicious. Yeah. A little suspicious. A little suspicious. So my theory now is that all of that was a delusion. Like he had like a psychotic, mm-hmm. like the stress caused him a psychotic break or something. Or he's always been seeing these hallucinations. Because there's something. Something has gone off mm-hmm. in his brain. And it's all hallucination. He essentially jumps to his death in the end. Mm-hmm. And then Sam, his daughter, also has the same... Not necessarily like shared delusion, but she may also... If she's actually thinks she's seeing him, mm-hmm. it's either shock from him being dead on the ground, like essentially killing himself, or she's also has... A psychotic break of some sort and sees him And I believe that is actually the most accepted Interpretation of the ending? Yes, because it's this idea that they do kind of have this shared... Shared delusion kind of? Shared delusion type of thing. Tell them what you told me. What Um, your thought was. So my thought was... Because, like, the only time he's actually using his powers, other than a couple instances, he's alone. When he actually uses them. And there's this interpretation where he actually does have those powers. And no one really gets to see... And no one really gets to see it, but... Um, except for Sam, who has that yeah. same kind of thing. Shared delusion kind Shared of thing. delusion type of thing. And she actually sees her father the way that he, he sees, sees himself. himself. Whether it's a delusion or he actually does have, have the, powers, the powers. Which I actually kind of like that as well. Yeah. It's a little less depressing. Yeah, it is. So <laughs> you don't like depressing. But then, yeah, there's other, there's more than one theory. There's yeah. like the theory that he actually does have the powers, mm-hmm. and it's actually, everything's actually real. The other fact that he did actually kill himself, and everything is actually just a figment of a, an imagination, yeah. or the the fact that he actually did shoot himself. And he's actually dead. And that whole hospital scene is, from then uh, forward is just. An afterlife or like a hallucin or you a know. delusion because it was it was, it was something he's in a coma. That we could be it. That could be it too. Tell them the original ending though. But well, let me get to that mm-hmm. because it was like um, it was actually something that um, Zach Galifianakis said. It's just like this is what you wanted, right? This is everything that That's you wanted. That's true. He does say that. I forgot about because that. Because it's like, this thing is going to explode. This, it, we're going to sell gonna go it. We're going to go worldwide. We're going to go worldwide with this. Yeah, there's like, this is like the fact that he lives, the fact that he actually makes up with his daughter. Every, like, right. all of that concept. He's is back just, with his ex-wife in a way. Like, in a way. Like, she's there in the room and... So, like, everything just kind of happens peacefully. Right. The, the other reason is, like, why he actually kills himself is that, like, he has every, every, everything that he wants. Right. Um, he's somewhat complete to this, to right. this point. Because it's, like, the play went successful. Mm-hmm. He's back. The reviews are good. Everything, everything happens. He's important the in the theater world. He's important because she says, I made you a Twitter page. Sam says, I made you a Twitter page. You got 80,000 followers in one day. She takes it, you know. 
he's relevant in the social media world, he's relevant in the theater world, and he's relevant in the... Because Zach Galifianakis says the studios are going to start calling again, so then he's relevant in the film world. Yeah. So it all, uh-huh. it all forms yep. together right there. So that's an interesting... It is. Now, the original, original ending, ending... The original ending, actually, to me, actually would have sounded a little bit more interesting, a little bit better. Um, there was this whole thing where... I wouldn't say better. It's an interesting ending. It's an interesting... Well, well it, it might feel- be... Let it's me, less ambiguous. It's less ambiguous. It's a good talking point. Let okay. me let me say this. Um, so, the film ends with him shooting himself in the face, and that all happens. But instead of him jumping out, you know, sacrificing himself and jumping out mm-hmm. the window, uh, it actually cuts to Johnny Depp in the exact so same room that Regan was in. Regan. Regan. You say I, it like I keep saying Regan. Regan. Like Brian Regan. Yeah, but not it's not Brian Regan. Regan. Like Tim Regan's from Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Which you've never seen. But. Yeah. Um, it cuts back to him and just going, why the fuck am I here? Putting on the wig and everything. Playing Regan's character in the play. Right. And then there's a poster of Pirates of the Caribbean 5 in the background. Not to be confused with Pirates of the Caribbean 6, which is coming out the... It's still 5. Thursday. still 5. Oh, it's still 5? Is it yeah. really? Okay. So there's this whole idea, so like... It's the only one that's existed. It's a constant... So it's a constant circle mm-hmm. that, like, people from the film world are actually getting picked up and um, going into this play situation. Like people who play a specific character who are like yeah. being well-known for that character. Yeah. Could, so you could replace it with, and they actually mentioned Robert Downey Jr. in the yeah. movie because they talk, in the background you hear it talk about the Avengers and stuff. So you could, really? So you could, like, insert Robert Downey Jr. You could put in... You could insert anybody yeah. into that role. Christian and Bale was Batman. It was, it was... Like it was an interesting, yeah, no, it was an I interesting concept, but the studio couldn't get Johnny Depp or the rights to actually use the oh, poster, no. so they, so that's why they had to change it. But uh, I feel like Johnny Depp would have been okay with that. But but they also said like they didn't really like that ending oh, okay. for some Fair reason enough. as well. It didn't it didn't seem to go well with the movie. It's a little too. I don't know. I, I want to say it's almost a little too Twilight Zone sci-fi-y for the rest of the tone of the film. Yeah. Like, action, superhero stuff aside. Because, again, if you were to put together all of the superhero comic book movie things, it'd probably take up a grand total of five minutes, if that. I think I'm being yeah. generous with that. Yeah. Now, well, the whole, like, him flying after he wakes up from his hangover stuff is a little longer than, mm-hmm. like, I think it's around five minutes. But, yeah. yeah, like, there's not, it's not a superhero movie. It's not a comic book movie. It has those elements, but it's not like, I'm going to use an example. It's not like if, like, Kick-Ass got that, nominated. Yeah. Or in one, which would never happen, but. Yeah. It's not. It's not the. It's we a rewatched good movie. it recently. It's, it's a good comic book movie, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I do. I'm. I'm happy that it won. I think it's still an interesting film to watch. Even yeah. now, it's been three years since yeah. it's been released, and superhero comic book movies yeah. are not slowing down. No. We just fun, saw the second Guardians. Fun. Fun fact. Um, they actually based the uh, the Birdman costume 
that uh, Michael Keaton actually wears off his measurements from the Batman costume, costume, and it still fits. That's awesome. (laughs) So that was like, that's a little bit of trivia that I've always enjoyed. That's awesome. I love that. I don't think I've ever read through the trivia. No, for that movie, but, but but it's it's the it only is, thing I know is about Edward yeah, Norton. It's like I mean I know they mentioned a lot of it being like a superhero film because there's like certain characters like get Michael Fassbender he's in the X Men films yeah get Jeremy Renner the guy from Hurt Locker he's an Avenger now so it, well and I made the point to say that the casting is interesting because. Michael Keaton played Batman, and as you pointed out, that was kind of humorous now, but it wasn't at the time the movie was made. He's Vulture in the new Spider-Man films. Yeah. <laughs> Emma Stone was Gwen Stacy in the Amazing Spider-Man franchise. Gwen Stacy, if they had not gone with the ending they did in Spider-Man 2, because mm-hmm. it's not been 10 years, I'm not going to spoil it, um, she turns into Spider-Gwen in the comics. That was an alternate. It's an alternate. I know, but Spider-Gwen exists in the comic book universe. It's a huge. I know. Following. And I love Spider-Gwen. Plus I love Emma Stone, yeah. so it's okay. And then Edward Norton plays the Hulk. So yep. it's just I it's I'm sure it wasn't on purpose, maybe it was, but it's it's still an interesting point to make. Mm-hmm. That all the people that are Okay, even if we don't talk about Spider-Gwen, those three people Word. all of the Spider are all in comic book films. Yep. Superhero comic book films. Yeah. And then you can make the thing. argument that those three are, if you're going to pick leads, those are the three leads. Yeah. They get the most screen time. They're agree. the most central to the story. I would agree. Like, you can take out Naomi Watts' character. You can take out Amy Ryan's character. Mm-hmm. You can take out Zach Galifianakis' character. And the movie would still move. It'd still hold up. Yeah. yeah. They would, the, the narrative would still hold up for mm-hmm. the most part. Zach Galifianakis, you might not be able to take out. He's kind of important. He is kind of important. Kind of a foil for some stuff. So. <laughs> I, I do enjoy that because he's like the one guy that's trying to keep everyone. everything together. Yes. Yeah. So. So yeah. A lot of great movies were nominated this year, but I do think that this one was the correct decision based on the ones that I have seen and what mm-hmm. I know from the other films mm-hmm. or about the other films. So that's our thoughts and opinions on Birdman. So our next episode... I was going to say, do you think... I know you kind of mentioned it before, but do you think this deserves Best Picture? That's what I just said. I think that was one of the best... One of the best choices, if not the best choice. Okay. Fair enough. My second choice... I agree. My other choice would have been Whiplash. Okay. Like I said, we talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Imitation Game is good, too. But again, it's one of those historical Oscar bait. And to me, Theory of Everything... An imitation game. I know they're two totally different people in history, and Alan Turing is super important, and we also own and have watched the imitation game a whole bunch. But, again, they're historical, just kind of not surprising choices. I think Birdman or... Birdman Birdman winning and if Whiplash had won, those were the two kind of of out-of-left-field choices, I think, (laughs) for Best Picture that year, and I think that Birdman is more complex in its narrative structure and what's going on within the film, so it did deserve to win over Whiplash. I but I do really like Whiplash. I completely agree. Yeah. And it's like, when I saw it, I, I get this feeling every time I see, like, movies of that caliber, and I, I can kind of pinpoint, like, this is that the one that's actually going to win. Mm-hmm. And that's the exact same feeling when I got, when I saw this film. So. Okay. So... There is a possibility that there will be no episode of either the Disney Studio or Oscars Best Picture next 
this the week. We're coming into Memorial Day weekend. We're recording this the Sunday before Memorial Day weekend. I think weekend. we're good. I think... Okay, so TC... Uh, congratulations to CC yes. and, and everybody that worked on his production. His f- short film actually got picked up. Um, it's, it, well, it won uh, in a, a, a competition, and they are in Cannes right now, like at Cannes Film Festival, with as, that short as film. As we speak. Yeah, so, as we speak. So that's so. why he and Jeff have been off for the last couple of weeks. We will be off next week because we are going to be vacationing for Memorial Day weekend. Yes. So there may not be an episode on Tuesday, Monday or Wednesday next week. I but think we're good, but... Not sure. Just in case. So Because this is coming out tomorrow. Yes, we're it's recording coming this out tomorrow. So, so our next film will be the 2013 Best Picture winner, which is 12 Years a Slave, which Colin has already seen and I have not seen. And nor am I looking forward to it. Or as we like to say, 12, 12 Years, years a, a Bummer. Yeah. Now, I'm going to keep an open mind, and I will discuss it intelligently, but it's going to bum me out. It's going to be like, we watched Schindler's List. I will let you have your own voice on that. Okay. But I can tell you, it's a a good film. But it's a depressing film. But it's... Okay, so the last episode I mentioned, there's at least three topics that no one really wants to talk about, but are kind of a big thing to film. This is the second one. What's the first one? Uh, once, well, the first one is the uh, situation with the Catholic Church. Yeah. That's a pretty big one. Second one is about racism and slavery. Uh-huh. That is a subject that nobody else wants to talk about. The third one, which is a little bit down the line, well, I'll bring that up. It's Schindler's we, List. Yeah. You just say it's Schindler's it's List. It's Schindler's Everyone List, knows. which, of course, God, you know. We just watched it. We watched that within the last two years. I don't want to have to watch it again. I know. It's such a good movie, but it's so sad. Uh, so, yes. We're gonna be on a de- the next one is kind of a depressing film from what I under from we're what a, I understand. We're on a high in this one, so. Well, we went. Uh, this is a little light. This is lighter <laughs> than the la- literally the last two films that we did, Moonlight and Spotlight. <laughs> yeah. We're both. Yeah. On the that heavier was, end of things. That was fun to make sure I was yes, uploading was. the right file because both yes, of them didn't like. So. So well. we're gonna go back into some. Uh, a little bit more uh, serious subject matter. Yes. Some heavier subject matter. Unexpected and then back virtue. Back into some lighter stuff. Seriousness. Unexpected <laughs> virtue of seriousness. Then we'll go back to some lighter stuff because uh, King's Speech is the year after that, isn't it? Yeah. No, is it? Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. sure. 2012? No, I think King's Speech is 2011. No, is, is Hurt Locker 2012? I might be hurt. I think it's hurt locker. So Ooh. we're gonna have a couple of heavy ones. Ooh, hurt locker. Ooh, hurt locker is gonna be fun to talk about. Anyway, I've never seen that either. So, so God, there's gonna be a couple in here I haven't seen. Until good. then, we will see you next time. We still don't have, we a, still sign have a sign up. We're we, gonna work on that. We, it took us a while with um, AFI. It, it took us to couple couple points it took us to do the right thing yeah. to get our sign off for AFI. That's AFI. true. Couple points. Um, if you haven't been listening to the Disney, um, the Disney podcast that Jeff and TC mm-hmm. have been putting on together, go listen to that. Those are good. Especially they, after, if you've listened to a kind of darker episode from us or a heavier episode. Go switch to Disney. Go, uh, yeah. Um, it's, they do a great job with it. The commentary is fantastic. Go listen to that. Um, as long as, as well as the other podcasts that we have, have on this channel. Um, the AFI Top 100, if you want to actually listen to more of Lindsay and... Jeff. Jeff. Now, I'm going to give this disclaimer for AFI. Please give us the first 
Forgive us the first two or three episodes. Forgive us the original Ben-Hur. There are two Ben-Hur episodes. There are two Ben-Hur The original episodes. Ben-Hur, our very first one. Toy Story is pretty okay, but we really find our stride around Yankee Doodle Dandy, good fellas do the right thing in that neck of the woods. I'm just going to say this. Listen at your leisure. It gets better. It does. Um, also, forgive us our thoughts on the last picture show. We have since somewhat come around on that one. <laughs> but we didn't have time to redo that. Okay. There's also within the AFI catalog, um, there's some Christmas and Halloween specials where Jeff and I talk about our favorite Halloween and Christmas films. Uh, there's a Christmas episode. A Halloween episode where we watch The Shining and then podcast it. And then there's an episode where we essentially podcast while watching Christmas Vacation. Oh, that's And I right. have a lot of sugar because oh, I drink a boy. lot of eggnog and have a lot of cookies during that. And then uh, there's a couple of memoriam episodes, uh, Passing of Harold Ramis and the Passing of Robin Williams. We did episodes for that as well. Um, so Goodwill Hunting, Ghostbusters, and then there's our um, mic test episode, but you don't want to listen to that unless you've listened to most of the podcast. Yeah. Listen to, save that one for the end. Um, and there's also... A super happy fun okay. time. I can actually talk about this because um, it's funny because uh, Jeff and I used to do... We used to do our best picture list. And we would go through the movies and say which one is the best. I still think Butter Lamp should have won. Um, <laughs> that's the joke for... Anyway, you'll find out. Yeah, um, Jeff used to do uh, Super Happy Fun Time Oscar Super Happy Oscar. Fun Time was a, is a pop culture-ish type of podcast where we just talk, talk about stuff and things and whatever. It's just fun. It's, yeah. it's fun. It's fun. But the Oscar list, yeah, if you want to hear what our thoughts were on the, the best picture and then find out our reactions of who won said Oscars, go ahead and listen to those. Those are really good treats. They are very good. So. All right. right. So we thank you for joining us once again for another Oscar Best Picture winner. And we will see you next time. Yes. Goodbye, everybody. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. I'm going to (laughs) go close all this stuff down. That's loud. That was loud. Look at you. (laughs) 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 I mean, all the AFI episodes used to end with me laughing. Yeah. Like the further, there's a stretch of them ending with me laughing. This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending. <laughs>